Welcome to the Bird's Eye View Podcast. I'm Jeff McLean of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Here with Zach Berman, also of the Philadelphia Inquirer. And uh, your Eagles are about to play their second preseason game, but they're still in camp. Tomorrow, Tuesday, is the last kind of official day of camp, I guess, technically speaking. Um, but today was really, honestly, the last practice uh, where, there, where there was competitive periods that we got to see the players, they were indoors because it rained outside, so it was cramped. Um, not as uh, much space to kind of think, you know, for them to do their thing. But a few of the positional battles seem to be kind of uh, changing a little bit. I'm not sure if this is the way it's going to pan out, but Avante Maddox has been running with the first team at slot cornerback for two straight practices. Zach, what do you, what do you make of that? They were rotating in and out, but it, it, it was interesting to me when... Well, they've been rotating days. Yeah, in, I'm talking about camp overall. Right. Yeah, so so Avante was with the first team today. When I say uh, rotating in and out, I mean, you've seen uh, Devontae Bosby. Yeah, it was Bosby Sydney Jones, and Sydney. And, then, and now all of a sudden Avante's in there. And then Avante. And so what was interesting to me when I was talking to Corey Unlin um, on Friday after the last preseason game, and he was talking about the slot cornerback, he kept mentioning Maddox in that competition, and it, it struck those of us listening because Maddox hadn't really been in there with the first team before, and then after those comments, we started seeing Maddox more. Uh, so I, I think he has the body type they like. Um, you heard Jim Schwartz say he's trending upwards, um, and there were a lot of positive signs from him at, 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 at Pittsburgh. Uh, so it's a long preseason. I still think the Eagles are going to put their three best cornerbacks out there, um, and however they split it up, whether it's Sydney in the middle or if it's if it's if it's Jalen Mills there, I, I I think they put the three best corners. But the fact that they're rotating shows you that they really haven't found the one that they're settled on. Yet. And it shows you that they think a lot of about the Maddox. Now we all knew who's going to make the team, fourth round draft pick. Um, you know there, there was. It'd be impossible almost to, for for him not to make it, but he's gone out there and played yeah. well. I think. I think some of the special teams guys told me he he can really play on special teams too. Well, so yeah, I mean he'll yeah. be active. He'll be inactive on yeah. game days uh, most likely. Um, he'll be active on game days. Yeah, yeah. active yeah. on game days yeah. if he can do the special teams thing. But again, like I, I agree with you. you I mean, Sydney, he's your second round pick from a year ago, first round pick in this year in some ways. Um, you're going to want to play him. But I think what we've seen over camp, just like going by what we've seen on the field, Sydney's had some had some more struggles. I think the last week or so, you, you mm-hmm. see him kind of going up and down. Whereas earlier in camp, I think he was he really stood out um, the way he played. He's still going to be a good cornerback, I believe, and he and he still has certainly a, a higher ceiling, I think, than a Maddox, and certainly on the outside. And they're still playing him in the slot. Slot. He was a second team slot, but you know. Maybe this is for long term. Eventually, you're going to see Maddox in the slot. You'll see Sydney outside. But to me, Maddox has played better in, in the slot than, than Sydney. Well, here's something for you, too. Maybe Jalen Mills and, and Ronald Darby are just playing too well. You know, I mean, because Mills has been outstanding this camp. Is yeah. that fair to say? Sydney is not supplanting either. Yeah, so, so maybe they're looking at it and, and saying, we have our two outside corners now. we got to find the best guy in the slot. So it, it could be that as well. I mean, right. I, you know, where to sit? Where that's why everyone thinks that the Eagles have a cornerback that they can trade. That there's a surplus there, yeah. Right, but but Darby's been good, and and Jalen Mills has been really good. Can I add a caveat though? Yeah, they've been going up against uh, depleted receiver. That court. is true. 
You're absolutely right about that. And they haven't really been facing Carson Wentz much either. That is true, too. So you got to put it a little in perspective as well. Wait till they face, you know, know, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan in the season opener. But you asked Jim Schwartz about this yesterday, and it's true. When you think about it, Jill Mills has just gotten better and better since he's gotten here. Like, there's never been a point where you're like, oh, he's, you know, I don't know if he's going to make it. Like, he just keeps getting better. Right, and we've seen that from the – Remember the first OT exactly. uh, we saw him at? We're like, oh, this kid can play. Yeah. He certainly belongs in the league. He was, shouldn't have been a seventh rounder. He fell on some teams because of uh, some off-the-field issues. Um, so a lot of people thought that he should be drafted higher. He has the skill set. The concern with him was always just long speed. Yeah. It was thinking, you know, what he can do um, down the field. But I agree with you. I mean, he's had a really good camp. He brings it every practice. One-on-ones are – when he's playing on one-on-ones, it's a musty because he just he's such a competitor. Yeah. Uh, he's gotten a lot smarter. Jim focused – when I asked him about Mills and what he needs to get better at, he focused more on leadership. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear more about what he need to do on the field. Jim technique. wasn't going to go in, yeah. in terms of technique. Because um, I think – you know I don't think Mills is ever going to be the shutdown guy. Again, it's hard to be a shutdown corner in the NFL nowadays with all the rules and the way quarterbacks throw the ball. But I think he's going to be a solid starting cornerback here for, for a little bit. Into a next contract, and then and in in Darby's case, when I'm asking around, like people are just saying he's a really good player, and I don't think we saw that last year enough because he was still adjusting to the defense, got hurt week one. By the time he gets back, um, you know it's it's already mid November, and so uh, I I think what we're seeing now is more what they expected when they made the trade. Right, and I don't want to make too much of camp. Because you know, the game start and all of a sudden someone gets toasted and you're like, oh, this guy can't play. Um, and, and I don't think that's the case with either of those guys. But cornerback's a tough position to play in this league. These guys are going to give up passes. It's yeah. just going to happen. Um, but I think more times than not, they're going to they're going to do their jobs and be strong cornerbacks. But getting back to the original question, I mean, I don't think I agree with you. I think they're going to try. They're going to start Sydney out there in, in, in the beginning. But I just wonder if that's the best use of his. You know, what happens if he struggles a little bit in there? Is that like his confidence? Yeah, is that what you want to do to to a guy that eventually going to be an outside cornerback for you? I understand the slot corner plays, you know, almost like a starter. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I think you know, I think Maddox probably won't win that job. But again, the good news is you have a lot of good cornerbacks on yeah. this team, and I think Maddox is a, is a legit NFL player. And they also need to prepare Maddox too because Sidney Jones has an injury history, you know, and. and uh, he, he, he keeps getting nicked up. Yeah. You know, see, he's always, there's always something that he's getting nicked We've up. We've seen at. him play two games in an, in an Eagles uniform, and he's left both games with injuries. Uh, yeah. You know, week 17 last Good year point. in the first yeah. preseason game. So I'm not saying he's injury prone. We just haven't seen enough of him. No. But certainly, if their plan is to have Sidney Jones in the slot, they need to prepare someone to step in there in case there's an injury. Well, that's a, and that's a position yeah. where you see a lot of soft tissue injuries. Yeah. Well, you see, so, yeah, you see a lot of soft tissue, tissue injuries, and you see soft tissue injuries keep out. Defensive backs that they run so much. You got a soft t- tissue injury and you're playing the offensive line, you're going to play yeah. through it. But at that position, you get one of those and you're probably going to have to sit. So, Zach, the Eagles added a new quarterback, Christian Hackenberg, former Penn Stater, uh, drafted by the Jets, of course, two years ago in the second round. Didn't play much there. Got traded to the Raiders. Spent a couple weeks there. Raiders released him. That negated the trade. Hasn't been picked up by any other team. And then now he's here in Eagles. Training camp. I was a little surprised. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're just kind of taking, I guess, a gamble on a guy, but why not? Yeah. Uh, well, from, you, I mean, yeah, from, you spoke to him. Yeah, well, well, from the upside play of it, 
he has more upside than Ian Park. And, you know, Ian Park was injured, wasn't going to get into the lineup here. So it makes sense to at least see a I don't know, I really like Ian Park. Yeah, I really like Ian Park. He's, he's got a great There was voice. a good column on him by Bob Ford. Um, good for Bob. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I spoke to uh, Christian Hackenberg today, and, and it's interesting. This is a guy who was a top recruit, who was the starter at Penn State, who was a second-round pick. He's not used to sitting on his couch in August, you know, and, and he was he had workouts with New England and with Houston, um, but the Eagles worked him out. The Eagles signed him, and he he just he said all the right things. His big emphasis was that he's he's eager to come here and learn um, from the coaching staff and with Carson, who he knows, uh, and he's seen what what Nick Foles can do. That appealed to him at this stage of his career. He said he's been doing two-a-days throughout the offseason, working on his footwork, and that's kind of tightening up his, his mechanics. Time will tell. I think we'll see him in that fourth preseason game. I'm not sure we'll see him much before then. Uh, the second game is a little too soon for him to really know the yeah. offense. And the third game, you'll probably see a lot of Nick Foles, or you'll see more of Nick Foles than you will at any other point. So my guess is that fourth game against the Jets is when is when we'll get a better sense of what Hackenberg can do. Right. You know, Hackenberg is not going to compete for one of those top three spots, most likely. No, but I he has it, practice squad eligibility. He does have practice yeah. squad eligibility. And I guess with the Eagles, looking at it from the Eagles' perspective, you know, the Hackenberg really hasn't had a guy to coach him up since Bill O'Brien. You're you not know, a James Franklin quarterback coach guy? No, no? I'm not. <laughs> He's had a lot of success uh, for those of those, Yeah, I'm a Penn State guy, so I've watched yeah. my share of Penn State football. And, you know, Christian really regressed. I'm not blaming the coaching staff entirely here. I mean, I just think a lot of that has to do with just who Christian is. Um, and then he went to New York, and, again, not the best situation for him. But, like, again, the Eagles have in place here a system of developing quarterbacks. It goes back to Andy Reid mm-hmm. and, and now with Doug and, and the staff that he has. Um, they're probably thinking maybe we can coach this kid up make him better than what he's been, and we have a practice squad player, practice squad quarterback, and who knows what happens next offseason. And the remarkable thing, too, is how young Hackenberg is. I mean, yeah, he he started three years at at Penn State and left. So it'd be the same as if they drafted a redshirt senior quarterback or signed a redshirt senior quarterback undrafted free agent. Um, Like, that's the age he is. He's the age that a lot of quarterbacks are as rookies. So you're, in, so you're not buying the Joe Callahan stock after that performance in the <laughs> no. preseason game? You don't like that one where he threw behind his head? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was under a lot of duress. Uh, yeah, not, not was really. Was that a Jordan Maialata play? Was that a... I, for, I forget. You know, no, he was He was kind of. There was a couple other times where he skated the pocket. Yeah. To he's, me. He's, like, he's not, a, he's not a you know, It's interesting. Whenever um, you have a quarterback like that and he's described as, as a gunslinger, it's not all like... Brett Favre was a gunslinger in 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 a certain sense when they're just kind of throwing it off. Well, the greatest connotation yeah. of the of the t- you know of the term gunslinger that's Brett Brett Favre. This, yeah. the, typically, it's not um, the connotation being yeah. that the guy just can't throw within the uh, framework of an offense. You know, um, Hackenberg has has the physical. No, traits. I mean he just hasn't been productive. He wasn't productive his last two years at Penn State, and he didn't do anything with the Jets. And he had one of the worst preseason games I've ever seen. That fourth game against the Eagles two years ago. Oh boy! Um, and so, but well, everything was checked down, and you know, part of that is just I think the issues with with Christian are a lot of them upstairs. Uh, recognition, um, you know, reading a defense pre-snap reads a defense. Uh-huh. I, you know, he's again, he's got the physical traits, not only just the size, he's got a good arm. 
but I think then that that in turn is, affects his accuracy. He's not an accurate enough quarterback. But I NFL. think yeah, and he, he was never a sixty percent passer at Penn State. But uh, it's it's a good close, not even when Bill O'Brien wasn't. Yeah, it's it's a good risk to take. But I didn't know that uh, Houston had worked him out. So Bill worked him out. He said New England and Houston. I believe so, if I'm wrong about that, you'll see it in my story tomorrow. But I believe uh, as I was listening to him, he said New England and Houston. Okay, so so Bill O'Brien came, Barnum worked him out. His old his old buddy, mm-hmm. and he didn't even see him worth. He wasn't even worth signing. So. Um, maybe we're making too much of this story. It is just a little story. It's a fifth quarterback. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, let's talk about the fourth running back then. Okay. Josh Adams left practice today. So Josh Adams is the fourth running back now? I think he's I think he's the guy. I agree with you. And the reason why I think that is all of a sudden I've noticed the last few days that he's been on first-team kick cover. Mm-hmm. And he's been on first-team punt cover. Mm-hmm. So if they have him in at special teams – the first units. They're preparing him. They're preparing him. Same thing happened to Corey Clement last year. Right. Same exact thing. They had to pay attention to those type yeah. of things. And we saw with Corey last year. We're seeing with Josh. But it looked like a foot injury. And that was the injury that kept mm-hmm. him out of uh, all spring. We'll see. Who knows? I don't want to jump to conclusions yeah. yet. Um, he's got to do more to, to you know, hammer down that spot. But I have him ahead of Danelle Pomfrey. I agree. Who hasn't practiced in a week. I have him ahead of Matt Jones. Matt Jones, who I think – Still is a yeah. shot because of what he's done before in the NFL, but he's got to go out there and yeah. show something in the second preseason game and the head of Wendell Smallwood. Who, as Doug Peterson pointed out, put the ball on the ground. Yes. <laughs> yes. Doug, Doug mentioned that. Doug um, mentioned that. He did mention yeah. the 13-yard run. Yeah. I, I like Josh Adams. We talked about the last podcast. Uh, and it's interesting as he was walking off the field today, and, you know, you're trying to get an ID on who it was. I was like, is that Josh Perkins at first? And that shows you how Don't big Josh see. Adams is. Yeah. Like, jo- like, and Josh Perkins, for those who don't know, is a depth tight end. For He's the a smallish tight end. Smallish tight end. But, but like, you're looking at, uh, at at someone who's much bigger than your traditional running back. Yeah. Uh, and and that's – Josh Adams is different than the other guys. And, and, so and during uh, blitz pickup blocking drills, you were, I think you were down the other end. Um, he stood up, Nigel Bradham, <laughs> and Deuce got really excited about it. Yeah, he did a really good job blocking him. So let's say, you know, a when he runs with the ball, a natural has good vision. He's patient. It looks like a running back. Um, B special teams now all of a sudden they're throwing him out there. And C the coaches love how he blocks. Um, to me, he's he's the fourth guy unless this injury starts to mess with him. If I can add a quick anecdote here, I, I was doing a. Joe Douglas story a few years ago, and I was asking about scouting Joe Flacco, and he was giving the whole Joe Flacco story. And yeah. then he's like, but the guy who I was really proud of that year was Jameel McClain. And he gave the whole thing about Jameel McClain being an undrafted really free good. agent. Yeah, went to Syracuse. Um, but, but he was giving the whole thing, and, and he said, like, when you're a scout and you see the undrafted guy turn into a player, that, that's what gets you excited. You know, and I give that anecdote as, as a way of saying the Eagles didn't have a lot of draft picks this year. That was made clear. Uh, they emphasized the undrafted free agent market. I think Joe Douglas and his staff would like nothing more than to get on the phone next year with agents and say, the past two years we've had undrafted rookies make the team as, 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 as running backs for us. And, you know, one guy led the team in receptions during the Super Bowl. 
and uh, and we'll see, or I should say, receiving yards are in the Super yeah. Bowl, and we'll see what happens with Josh Adams. But my point is, that's a point of pride with the scouting staff is if they can find these undrafted. Yeah, guys. When they, they've also might, they also pointed out to Josh Adams as agent. Hey, we'll pay him more than any other undrafted. Rookie. <laughs> that too, but every team has the same amount, the same amount of money to spend. The Eagles choose to to um, put the guaranteed money a little different. Right, yeah. right. That, that's fair. Yeah, I, I will point out too that. We're looking at this as coaches, I think. The coaches want Josh Adams. What's the personnel staff saying? Um, that's a good question. Humphrey is a fourth-round fourth pick. Yeah. Uh, we've we've been point. down this path before. Howie Roseman has final say over the 53-man mm-hmm. roster. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, and who, you're right. Who are two guys that we didn't have on the roster last year that didn't make in the team? Danelle Pumphrey and Shelton Gibson. You're right. I had Shelton Gibson on it, but yeah. Oh, you had? Okay, I did. Yeah, but I um, – well, yeah, no, you're And, right. and yeah. I think both those guys have improved this okay. past all season, but like my point is the draft picks will get um, – For that reason, though. Like, I had, I had Nate Gary on last year because I was like, right. how is not going to cut his draft picks? Right. Yeah. Well, I guess you picked the wrong wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. but my point is like, um, yeah, there's that – there's just – there's always that little yep. conflict out there between who the coach is like and who the, who the personnel department wants – um, and here it's done a little differently. I mean, most coaches, most GMs, even if they have Final 53, they'll give the coaches those last spots because, I mean, is it as important as the bigger decisions that are made in the offseason? No. And you should give your coaches who they want in the bottom roster guys, I think. But um, a lot of times you'll see guys pushing for the GMs push for the guys that they draft. But those spots are developmental spots, and that's like why I always talk about, you know, when I or I'm getting asked the question about sixth receiver, and I'm like, well, Marcus Wheaton or Kamar Aiken, they're experienced guys, but for your sixth receiver spot, do you want a veteran who might be inactive, or do you want a guy you're going to develop? Yeah. And so I I know, and Howie, if you remember last year at the cutdown day. When there was a reporter who was standing in the corner of the room, uh, I'm not going to name names, but was saying, are these the 53 best players for the Eagles? And Howie was like, well, these are the 53 guys that, you know, we want for the long term. You know, so right, that's right, how they kind of look right. at it. They're not looking like That was one a grandstanding question. Yeah. I wonder who asked it. Grandstander. <laughs> grandstanding person who does talk radio. Um, I'm not getting into or that. Used but, to. Yeah. Skyline reporter for yeah. the Eagles. He actually got a Super Bowl ring. He's the only person I've known, I've seen around here wearing the Super Bowl ring. And he probably had the least amount of anyone who I, owns a Super Bowl <laughs> ring. He had the least amount to do with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I'm not going down that path. Uh, anyway, um, uh, we have one more topic. What was the last topic I wanted to talk about? We were going to talk about this preseason game coming up. Oh, right. Yeah, let's uh, – right, because this will probably be our last time to advance it. What's going to happen? Who? I mean, I think we'll see Nick Foles at quarterback. Mm-hmm. We'll finally get to see him for the first time. Looks that way. I think he's looked a little better these last uh, few practices since he's come back from not practicing for a while. He did the uh, neck yeah. spasms or whatever it was. As you wrote in your practice observations on – I'm getting the days mixed up. Saturday, was, that was the day they were at the yeah. league. That was the best practice I he thought, had. Yeah, yeah, Nick was good. And I thought he was pretty good yesterday. He had a couple bad throws and, he, and a few today or whatever. But, uh, again, I, I think you and I have talked about this before. Nick's never been like a stellar practice yeah. quarterback. And I don't mean that in a in a. I asked him about to that knock too. A, to knock him, he's just one of those guys who, when he goes out in game day, he, I think he's more willing to rip it 
yeah. in games than he, than he is in practice. What did he say when you asked him? He said that, you know, he was trying to be did diplomatic he about it. He, he he said he he loves playing under the lights and you get, you know, yeah. the, the 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 adrenaline rush and he's talked about in the, in the past kind of playing free and obviously practice is a structured environment, but he kept emphasizing how there are Things you need to work on in in practice. Yeah, I think uh, he does. I think he's one of those guys who's like working on a changeup, exactly. in spring training sort of thing. That's a Jim Schwartz analogy. Yeah, did, did, I, did I change? No, I didn't no, 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 no. Jim talks about that when yeah. we've asked him about different things in practice, and he's like, he's like, well, it's like in spring training yeah. when the, when Jim Palmer's working on. Yeah, he loves to use the baseball yeah. analogies. Um, Nick did have a good camp when he was competing with Nick uh, with Michael Vick that one year. He did. He did, and uh, and Vic found the job. Yeah, Vic, Vic looked better in the preseason. The preseason games. Yeah, but then he got the job. And then, <laughs> and then, and then Jacksonville game. He looked like Joe Gallian. Yeah, he, 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 he threw one. He threw one basically as he was like falling backwards on his yeah, knees. He was emboldened by that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me ask he's you like, this: He's like all the progress I made in terms of not being Michael, you know, not being uh, who I typically am. Forget about it. I got the job. Let me ask you this: It's it's. I, I said in jest that, that, that at the beginning Super Bowl rematch, but it is Eagles versus Patriots. Do you think uh, this this matters at all? The Doug and the coaching staff. Yeah. Do, like, do you think that that you know Doug's going to walk in there kind of with the chest puffed out and and maybe try to, to put in a, a little play call or two to remind everyone that he that he wants special. Bowl? That would be that would be like the the biggest trolling play call that you've ever That'd seen. That would be awesome if if he ran that. I don't anticipate him doing that, but that would be trolling. Well, Matt Patricia is got a new defensive coordinator, so maybe this guy's not ready for it. Yeah, actually, in a, in a true Belichick fashion, he didn't name a defensive coordinator. <laughs> it's 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 no, it, right, it's right. the linebackers coach behind the you know Brian Flores. Yeah. It's really, but like they didn't officially name it, so. Yeah, you got to earn your strike. I give you like a little. So I I did this punter story on Cameron Johnston, and I was like looking for teams that have two punters. How many had them? And uh, I think twelve had them. But as I was getting to the Patriots, I'm like, I bet you they're the one team with three punters. <laughs> you know, like like this, yeah. this is something Belichick yeah. would do. Now they have two. They two. Yeah. But I did not yeah. rule the rule the possibility of them having three punters, just because that's just something Belichick would there do. There might be three long snappers. But you know what? He's 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 the best coach. No, in the I mean I, I I have nothing yeah. but the utmost respect yeah. for Bill Belichick. But I talked to Lane Johnson. I'm doing a story on Lane Johnson about, and he was like hyping up this game. You know, like check out that story in Thursday's Inquirer yeah, uh, and on Philly.com. Yeah. No, it's it's the perfect story to write because uh, I mean Lane was outspoken there's about a peg, the, yeah, there's a peg yeah, there, yeah, yeah, and he's coming back and then yeah. he's yeah, he's gonna hear some booze. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? I, the thing you gotta like about Lane is he backs it up, and he not only does he back it up, he doesn't shy away from. From the you know the shots that he'll take in return for being, no, he, being a little bit of a loudmouth. He likes the showman aspect though. He does. So that's, he does. That's, he that's does. like I like when he had his, his media strike last year, and he said you know he said for the rest of the year, and then the new year was up, and it was like it was 2018. He's like, yeah, I just meant for this few days. Yeah. yeah, and the media strike was because of like some reporter had written something, and it was like someone who doesn't even really cover the team. <laughs> Like he was, he was boycotting the entire media. <laughs> yes. Something for someone from the Philadelphia media who who wrote something. It was kind of a dumb thing to write, but it was like it was none of the beat guys. It was no one who actually he he deals with on a, on a daily basis. Uh, I think I busted his chops about that. He's like, I just didn't feel like talking. Yeah, for a while. exactly. Like, you know. but he knows how to be a showman. I, I yeah, respect that. He does. Uh, anything else from the preseason that you'll be looking at? Yeah. So uh, what I I really want to see is um, the first team defense look good that last game. Yeah. Um, and Brady should be I'm, playing. I'm curious to see at uh, weak side linebacker if it's still a lot of Nate Gary or if Camus, who we both agreed have, has 
played better um, if Kamukers or Hills take some more reps with the lawns. Uh, when I asked um, Ken Flajol, the linebackers coach, about that the other day, or he, or he was just saying don't read too much into that, um, that they're rotating guys in and out. So, Although it's uh, still, I mean, it's been majority of the time it's been Nick Gary there, and, and this week it has been. So yeah. I guess Nate will probably start there again on, on Sunday. So, so that's something I'm, um, on Thursday. Yeah, that's I something I'm looking forward to watching. I've seen a little Sydney outside. I, I, I asked Jim because he was just strictly mm-hmm. in the slot in both the first and second units against the Steelers. And Jim was like, yeah, that was kind of the way things played out a little bit. He'll, he'll get there on the outside. But I want to see, see Sydney outside playing you know, his natural spot. So that should be interesting to, to see how – and see how they use Avante Maddox and that whole kind of – That's a good point. Um, who they have in the slot. Uh, do you think we'll see Jason Peters at all? Or do you think week one for Jason Peters? I think we may see a little Peters okay. and Sproles this game. I'm guessing. Sure, I have no okay. idea. I didn't, I didn't ask either. So uh, Jeff Stoutland the other day – because last year Peters did play in the preseason. Um, Sproles, uh, really, they didn't use him much in the preseason. I don't think he played in the preseason last year. Um, but uh, when I asked Stoutland about Peters, or it was someone else who asked Stoutland, I was talking to Stoutland, and he said that when Stout, when Peters is in a controlled environment in practice, they know what um, he he's needs to do. Yeah, right. exactly. There can sometimes be overzealous opponents that they want to be cautious of. They think him practicing against Derek Barnett, and, and you wrote a very good Derek Barnett story on Sunday, nice. um, that uh, they think Derek Barnett's a good enough pass rusher to, to prepare him for the season. But I think there is value in offensive line continuity and having him out there at least for a series or two at some point. I, I wonder if Peters wants to, like, every now and then you'll see him, like, I want to get in the, yeah. on this rep or, or, like, one-on-ones every now and then you'll see him do that. And after practice today, did you see him out there doing sprints with the running backs? I, I did not. Was he with the running backs? He was out there doing sprints. Was he holding his own? I mean, he was moving. He was moving, yeah. Like, the guy's just a freak. I mean, he's just a freak. He is. He really is a freak of nature, and so is Sproles. Um, and we're assuming we're not going to see Hackenberg on Thursday. No, I assume we'll see Hackenberg, yeah. yeah. I mean, especially if Foles plays, you know, I mean, four quarterbacks that, for that, that game, probably not. Yeah, but yeah. But we'll not see Carson Wentz. We won't see Carson. We didn't talk about Carson all, all podcast, but we'll hold off. Because nothing's really, changed honestly, so nothing's far. changed. Yeah, nothing's going to change this week. We'll see. We'll see next week. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm glad you said that because Carson did say last week. He said it's gonna be more of the same next week, and then we'll evaluate after that. Uh, so maybe going into the week of the third preseason third game, preseason game, or but typically that's the one you get that you'll get Nick ready for it. And but then but maybe his activity just ramps up by then. Yeah, maybe we'll see. All right, that's it for the Bird's Eye View podcast. I'm Jeff McLean. That's Zach Berman, and we will talk to you after Thursday's game.